first, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course, my pleasure. And I'll maybe turn it over to you so you can introduce yourself. Um, Tell us a little bit about where you went to college, what you majored in, and where you are now. Okay, perfect. So my name is Kristen Thomas. I went to, I'm from Washington, D.C. I went to Wesleyan University for undergrad. I went to Yale for my master's of public health. And I am now a law student at Georgetown, uh, at the Georgetown University Law Center. Awesome. And when you were in college, what did you major in? In college, I majored in government and sociology. So I was a double major. And they had these certificates, um, (laughs) which were kind of like minors, I suppose. Um, And I did one in international relations. Okay. And my recollection was that you kind of had to create that major. I did. I created that major. I wanted to major in political science. However, Wesleyan didn't have, and I think still doesn't have a political science major. And so that was my way of kind of combining subjects to do what I wanted to do. Very cool. And when you were an undergrad, what were some of the extracurriculars that you did? And did any of them end up sort of like, being relevant to what you do now? Sure. So I was on the step team (laughs) Um, and co-captain of the step team at one point. And that was actually a homage to my uh, prior, (laughs) I guess, career as a dancer. I was a dancer growing up um, all the way up until college from age three. Oh, wow. Um, I was also on something called the Cardinal Council, I think it was, and I think it was like an alumni relations um, entity, and that really has, I guess, become something that I do more frequently. Right now, I'm on the Yale Alumni uh, Fund Board, and I am also a Yale School of Public Health uh, agent, so um, I, I fundraise <laughs> on behalf of Yale, and so that that is an alumni function. Um, and then I also was a tutor. They had something called West Reads West Math, and so I went to an elementary school in my free time, and I taught like first graders <laughs> and second graders, the cutest kids you've ever seen. Um, you know, just help them with their reading, help them with their math. And um, that's definitely something that's a passion of mine, um, education, mentoring. And I do currently serve on a few scholarship committees. Awesome. Very cool. And so coming out of college, um, maybe tell us a little bit about what your first job was coming out of college. Sure. So my first job coming out of college uh, was with Novo Nordisk Incorporated. Um, They are a diabetes pharmaceutical. And so I was working in their government affairs department. Um, They're based in New Jersey and Denmark, actually. Um, But they had, you know, obviously, as most companies do, they had a government relations operation here in Washington, D.C., where I am now and, of course, where I'm from. And so I worked for them and I did state government affairs and I came into that job uh, because I really wanted to do something that was government related after college. Obviously, I had 
studied government and sociology in undergrad and um, really wanted to uh, do something um, that was related to political science. And uh, growing up when I was in high school and also when I was in college, I did tons of internships that were government related. Um, and that's partly a function of being in Washington, D.C., <laughs> Um, but, you know, just also um, the fact that I was presented with different opportunities and um, I took advantage of them. My first job was actually on a campaign here in D.C. when I was 14. Oh, wow. That's incredible. <laughs> so a really long track record. <laughs> yes, I, I honestly feel like I'm a I'm fairly young, but I feel like I'm a, a mid-career professional <laughs> um, because I've been working for a while and. Funny story about that first job. I think it was actually supposed to be a volunteer position. Um, but, you know, I showed up. I was 14. I showed up. And I think this was before uh, my summer before my ninth grade year. And I thought that I was going to work, like work a, work a job. And so I believe that I had so much confidence <laughs> in my abilities um, and also just, you know, so much conviction um, that I was able to turn what was probably a volunteer position into a job. Um, and so not a high paying job, but I was paid uh, minimum wage <laughs> uh, for a summer when I was 14. So that was, yes, my first employment. That I think that's like an excellent life lesson is like, just show up like you have the job, <laughs> even if it's not a job. <laughs> exactly. Show up like you have the job and then also do a good job. You know, um, I will say that many of my opportunities in life have come because I've done a good job somewhere else. Um, and, you know, that is either uh, produced and uh, that is either uh, manifested uh, someone presenting an opportunity to me or that has uh, allowed me to gain some kind of recommendation that I use to get uh, my next position. So, yeah, definitely always show up and, and work hard <laughs> and be nice. Yeah, I love that. Also, before I forget to ask, when did you graduate college? Yes. So I graduated in 2013, <laughs> which is actually a while ago. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy how time flies. But yes, I was in the Wesleyan University class of 2013. My name is Sarah Seymour, and I graduated from Yale University in 2018. Like a lot of 20-somethings, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do when I graduated. I remember literally googling what do people do all day and feeling like unless I conducted a ton of informational interviews, there was no really good way to figure out what different jobs were like. I remember when I was applying to college, there was the Fisk Guide to Colleges, which was this book that described different colleges, what size they were, what the vibe was on campus, and so on and so forth. And all I wanted was for that to exist, but for careers. So this podcast is my best effort to create that through a series of informational interviews. I'll be interviewing people anywhere between three and 10 years out of college across different industries to try to help you get a sense of different career paths. Just like you, these people have gone to liberal arts colleges and universities and weren't exactly sure what they wanted to do afterwards. The only difference is they're a few years out of college and can give you the inside scoop on what they were looking for, how they found their jobs, and how it turned out. So how did you find that first job out of college? 
So my first job out of college, I actually um, applied. Well, I will say this. Um, someone sent me um, an application. It was an application um, that was, you know, being circulated um, among different networks in D.C. And so they sent me an application for this job. It was an internship. And I applied, um, you know, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think my, my cover letters have come a long way since then. But even then, I was just very intent on, you know, presenting a good product um, and very intent on interviewing as, as well as I possibly could. And so I, yeah, I applied, um, sent my cover letter in, sent my resume, um, which has grown a lot <laughs> since then. Um, and also interviewed and they offered me the job. Um, and the job was really, uh, for a fall internship, I believe. I think it was only supposed to be for a few months, but I did a good job. And so they actually rehired me, (laughs) um, about two or three times. And so I ended up staying for nine months. Um, and that was a great launching ground, uh, to the rest of my career. Nice. And so what was the day-to-day like? Like, I sort of know what government affairs does, but I can imagine that there are a lot of people who, who like, don't really know what that involves. So what, what did it look like for you? Sure, sure, sure. So I, of course, you know, as an intern, I was not a lobbyist. However, I was around a lot of lobbyists. Um, and so, you know, government affairs, lobbying, government relations, it really just means, uh, the way or refers to the way that companies interact with government officials um, and government, the staff actually of government officials usually. And so there were a lot of events uh, that we would go to. And that was really exciting for me uh, to be able to, to be at uh, really exciting uh, venues and <laughs> um, support uh, a really great cause. Um, Nova Nordisk, a pharmaceutical company, and of course, pharmaceutical companies get a bad rep sometimes, but they really do um, some awesome work, um, you know, as um, in addition to their business. And so anyway, I went to a lot of events, but also did a lot of reading and writing um, and uh, really supported uh, some policy experts in in their day to day uh, by doing research. And so that was a great deal of my job. Um, and I, I really do believe that you can do most jobs if you can uh, read really well and you can write really well. Um, and that was definitely the case in that instance. Nice. And so you said that you worked there for about nine months. What did you like about it? And what maybe, even if it didn't bother you, what's maybe something that someone might not have liked about that kind of role? Sure. So I loved the people. Um, I think that that was actually the best part of the job. Uh, I met some awesome people, some of whom I'm still in contact uh, with today. My my boss, then I'm definitely still in contact with her and she's off doing really, really cool things. Um, and actually, you know, at the beginning of this interview, I did mention that I am in law school and, you know, she was a lawyer. Um, a lawyer working in public health policy. So that was definitely an inspiration to me. So definitely the people. Um, and, and I'll also say this, there was another person there who has since passed. Um, he was amazing. And he uh, was the person that inspired me to pursue, pursue my next job, uh, which was on Capitol Hill. I think that the thing that I, 
I dislike the most? You know, I, I cannot necessarily say that I disliked anything about that job. Um, I was fresh out of college and I got to do some really cool things uh, that I would not have otherwise been able to do. A big part of that job is being able to be in uh, really exciting places at a really exciting time. So I cannot say that I disliked anything, to be honest. Awesome. So you mentioned that this other person that you worked with uh, was sort of the inspiration for your next job. So maybe tell us a little bit about uh, where you transitioned to next and what that process was like. Sure. So it was on Capitol Hill. Um, I was working, as I said, uh, for the pharmaceutical company in government affairs. And, you know, he was just the first person that said, you know what, I think you would really enjoy um, going and actually working for a member of Congress. And so he said that. And I said, you know what, <laughs> I think that you're right. Um, and so I started looking for jobs. He definitely helped me, uh, figure out, um, what, you know, I should be exploring, um, you know, some of their early jobs there, it's like staff assistant, legislative correspondent. So he definitely, um, you know, let me know how to look for those jobs. Um, he also, uh, you know, told me, um, you know, which offices might be really exciting to work for at that time, you know, things are always changing and, uh, members are always doing new things. So, you know, just knowing where to go at the right time is really important. And so he did that and I applied for tons of jobs. <laughs> um, and I was so lucky uh, to get hired by Senator McCaskill's office. She was representing Missouri. Uh, she's no longer in the Senate. But she was representing Missouri and I got hired to be her healthcare legislative correspondent. Um, and I was so excited <laughs> to get that job, um, you know, definitely had to do several interviews and had to do a writing assessment as um, a big part of the job was writing. So they wanted to know if you could write well. And so I um, was just so excited to get that job. And it's definitely led to the rest of my career. Um, and, and if you can see, there's a pattern here. <laughs> um, everything that I've done has kind of, you know, led to something else that I've done in the future. Um, and I will say that at, you know, any particular point, I would not have been able to see, um, how certain opportunities, uh, would have led to others, but you know, it's happened and it's been really, really cool. So working for her as a healthcare legislative correspondent, uh, that job also came with a judiciary portfolio. And so, uh, judiciary just means, you know, anything, uh, pertaining to the judicial system, um, you know, your, your criminal law, your civil uh, law, your human rights. Um, I also worked on guns and, um, I worked on, you know, judicial nominations. Um, you know, today, another, uh, Supreme court justice, uh, or another person was nominated an African-American woman actually, uh, to be a Supreme court justice. So that's, you know, really exciting. Um, and I was working on nominations like that. Um, and so that was the first time that I really saw the interplay between healthcare and the law. Um, and it's really led me to where I am right now. <laughs> awesome. And so you, so you mentioned that um, you, this mentor sort of like helped you. Oh, here we, we can pause for a second. That's okay. 
Sorry, um, I just didn't want you to hear the steps. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. Um, so you mentioned that this mentor sort of like helped you find the right position. One thing that I've um, heard about working on the Hill is that you kind of have to like be there to get a job. Like it, a lot of it is just showing up and like being in the Capitol buildings. Was that your experience? And, and how did you navigate that? So I will say that I think that's definitely true. Um, I think it does help to be, <laughs> to quote Hamilton in the room where it happens. I um, know that by working the government affairs job that I did, I met a lot of different people. I met a lot of different people who were currently on the Hill. And I met a lot of different people who had been on the Hill previously. And those individuals, um, you know, it's, it's a unique place to be, a unique place to work. And those individuals have a certain, uh, certain knowledge um, about the workplace, um, you know, about what it means to work there, about what you do in those jobs, and about how you get hired <laughs> to work those jobs. Uh, that other people who have not worked on the Hill do not have. And so it was really valuable for me uh, to meet a lot of different people um, and to just speak to them and ask them, you know, you know, what do you do? <laughs> How do you do it? And why do you do it? Uh, and many of those people, you know, became mentors for me. And many of those people um, really helped me in my job search process when I was finding a job on the Hill. So yes, that is definitely the case. I have um, a mentor who says that her like first job on the Hill, she went in and she like handed her resume to the person and they like literally just took it and she saw them throw it out. And she went back and she's like, no, 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 no. Like, I need you to look at that. And as she is like negotiating this, <laughs> I can't remember if it was a congresswoman or a senator, like walks out and she goes, I need someone to take notes at this meeting. You, you're hired. Come with me now. <laughs> so, like, it is, I think, something that is sort of like crazy about the Hill is that in a way, like, especially in a world where so much of the job application process can be online it is very much about sort of like being in the place at the time. Right. And, and I, I will say, you know, when you do look at those job announcements, they always say, um, you know, no calls um, and no office visits. That's usually what they say, at least these days. Um, and that, that is the case. You know, they're, they're really not usually looking for those kinds of interactions. But I will say that there are other ways, um, you know, to reach the offices and, you know, just to get to know um, the people and and to really figure out if you're a good fit for them and if they're a good fit for you. Um, and a lot of that comes through just talking to people. And so what were some of the things that you were looking for in a, an office? Sure. So I was looking for an office that would allow me uh, to do some healthcare work. I had started at the healthcare company. I liked the work that I was doing and I wanted to do more. Um, that was really what I was looking for. Um, I was also looking for a job that would allow me to do some writing and some research. Um, you know, I had worked, uh, various jobs before, as I mentioned, 
I did internships uh, after my my first campaign job. I did internships in high school and in college, really every year, I think, except one. Um, and so I did have a uh, certain amount of research um, and writing experience that I wanted to explore and that I wanted to improve upon. Okay. And I should have asked earlier, when you were like in your first job out of college at the healthcare company, had you had like previous experience in the healthcare industry or was this just something that was sort of like serendipitous that there was a, an opportunity to work with government affairs at a healthcare company? It was serendipitous. <laughs> I had never worked in healthcare before. Um, you know, it's, it's funny at this point I can look back and I can reflect on my time as a Girl Scout. And, you know, when you're in Girl Scouts, you do different service projects and all of my service projects had something to do with health. And so clearly I cared about health. You know, clearly I was interested in exploring public health, but that was not something that was at the front of my mind. Um, when I was in college, I actually was thinking that I would want to do something in public affairs. Um, and of, of course, you know, working for a member of Congress is definitely, uh, a, you know, a public affairs position. But I was thinking something more so, um, you know, working, working in public affairs or more so international affairs um, for a government agency. And, you know, I, I had even thought about, you know, maybe I want to be a diplomat one day. And uh, those are definitely the things that were on my mind. Uh, when I got out of college, I took the GRE right away because I knew I wanted to go to um, grad school. And <laughs> in my mind, I thought that, you know, I would be freshest right after my undergraduate studies. So I, I went ahead and uh, quickly studied and, and took the test. And, um, you know, the scores are good for five years <laughs> to to anyone who's Who's wondering? So I was actually able to use those same scores uh, when I did apply to graduate school, um, but definitely wasn't thinking about public health. Um, when I took that job, uh, I was really just looking uh, to be in government, and it really was serendipitous that it was in public health because public health is my life right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so then you are working on the Hill. What? did you like about that job? And even if you like, even if it didn't bother you, what is something about that job that might have bothered someone? No. So, um, those, so what did I like? Again, I loved working with the people. Um, I met some really cool people there, uh, still friends, um, and still connected to several people in the office. Uh, three of whom I literally just had like a Zoom happy hour with a week ago. Um, so we're, we're actually very good friends. Um, I loved, loved, loved the people. I also loved the excitement. It was similar to the government affairs job where, again, I was in the room where it happened. Um, I got to go to some really cool events, meet some really awesome people. Um, and just do some things that I would not have been able to do otherwise, I believe, uh, at my age and with the amount of experience that I had if I had been somewhere else. I think that a lot of people um, who go to the Hill at a young age would, would say that as well. I think when I started my job, I was uh, 22 uh, on the Hill and I 
we definitely had interns uh, that were older than I was. <laughs> um, so that, that was really interesting, but it was just, just cool to be there and be a part of it. I think that the drawbacks, and I, I feel like a lot of people would agree with this, uh, you do not get paid a lot. <laughs> yeah. So the pay is very, very low. Uh, and you also work very, very hard. I will say that I am just a hard worker uh, by nature. <laughs> and so uh, I, I'm still told jokes about how uh, my superiors in my office would have to tell me to go home. <laughs> I, was, I was told one uh, during the Zoom happy hour. <laughs> so that's definitely still a thing um, where I'd be at my desk and, you know, trying to continue to work um, and would be told to go home. And so, you know, there were long hours. I did a lot of hard work there and I did not get paid a lot. However, I would say that if people have the opportunity to do a job like that when they are young, uh, it can be extremely invaluable to their career. And I've seen it be invaluable, not only to my career, but also to the careers of a lot of different people that I know. I have a lot of friends who either currently still work on the Hill uh, or who used to work on the Hill and have gone off to do some amazing stuff. Yeah. And so how long were you there? I was there for a a little over two years. I started in 2014 and I left in 2016. Um, I actually did not want to leave my job, but I left because I got a full ride um, to uh, the Yale School of Public Health and um, amazing school, amazing opportunity. And I could not turn that down. That was just too cool. And so I uh, left the job to go to graduate school. So presumably you did have to apply. What made you think that you might want to go to public health school? So, of course, I, I knew I wanted to go to graduate school. Um, you know, like I said, I did study for the GRE right after undergraduate school. I knew that I wanted to uh, be in someone's graduate school <laughs> for something at some time. And so I... Uh, when I was in my first healthcare job, you know, I, I, I did think a bit about it. Um, and then in my second healthcare job, I thought more and more and more, you know, when you're doing certain jobs, you uh, look around and you see uh, who is also in that space. Um, you know, you see uh, what their credentials are and it, it makes you, um, it really makes you aspire uh, to do some similar things. Um, at that time, I was around a lot of people who had masters in public health. I was also around a lot of different people who had juris doctorates. And so <laughs> I decided that I wanted to explore both of those paths. I have explored both of those paths. Um, and I do not regret it at all. Uh, it was the perfect uh, thing for me to do to continue my exploration of public health. Um, and I thought that that was a thing that I needed to do next after, uh, my job on the Hill. Okay, cool. And so when you were thinking about the masters in public health specifically, you know, I, I can see a lot, like, I can see that one sort of thought, if you're interested in a master's in public health, you're interested in a JD, that you might also be thinking, there's some other sort of like graduate degrees that one might think about getting sure what, what, did you think about 
like an MPP, for example? Totally. <laughs> and how, how did you decide? Totally. I thought of an MPP. I thought of, uh, you know, master's in public policy. I thought of a master's in public affairs, um, you know, master's in international affairs. Um, those were definitely things that I was considering and probably would have been the path that I went down one of those if I had not uh, gone to the pharmaceutical company and loved it, if I had not then gone to the Hill and loved working on health issues. Um, I think experience is really the best teacher and it really allows you to figure out what you want to do. Um, you know, a lot of times we feel like we have to have it all figured out. <laughs> right now. And and really we don't. We really don't. You know, all you have to do is you take can't. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You really can't. And um I think it's it's so anxiety producing, particularly for young people. Um, you know, people who are uh under 18 who are, you know, in high school or even in middle school, um, people who are in college, people who are fresh out of college and you know, even people my age and even people who have, have like reached the pinnacles of their industries, right? Um, no one has it figured out. And for me, it's really been about uh, just doing something, just doing something. And a lot of times I have found uh, what I like, I found what I don't like, and I found what I wanted to explore more. And that has just carried me along. Nice. And so did you apply for the MPH and the JD at the same time? Or how did that work? I did not. I applied for the MPH first. Um, I remember I applied to six programs. And it's really funny. I did not tell anybody that I was applying. <laughs> that is so incredible. Because when I applied to graduate school, like everyone and their dog knew that I was applying to graduate school. Like I couldn't shut up about it. So I'm incredibly impressed that you were able to keep that to yourself. Yes. It, it, it's something, it's, it's a trick that I use um, really to just calm my, you know, anxieties, to calm my fears. Um, I, I work on something uh, and then I tell people <laughs> that I'm doing something or, you know, I, I, I just kind of wait for the right moment. Um, to, to, to unveil whatever I've been working on. And so I didn't tell anyone. Uh, the only people that I knew that I was applying for graduate school were my recommenders. Wow. Yep, my recommenders. I remember I told my parents, <laughs> I think the night that my first application was due. <laughs> Wow. It was like, yeah, so I'm working on this. Um, I'm applying to school, you know, had all my materials together. And that's when I told them. And, and, and they still joke about that um, because I, I really, you know, applied for law school in the same way. Uh, that's, that's, that's just kind of how I roll. <laughs> and it's just my process. It really helps me out. So no one knew. And um, you know, all of a sudden I told them, okay, I'm, I'm applying to graduate school. Uh, you know, I, th I think I had my dad, uh, that night, which is <laughs> very last minute of me, had my dad read my personal statement. I'm like, okay, can you, you know, can you look at this? Um, and he did had my mom read it and, uh, submitted it. And I was uh, very lucky, um, very fortunate to, you know, get into all the schools that I applied for, which made it um, very difficult uh, to figure out where I should go. 
Um, however, visits to campus really, really helped me make my decision um, and actually helped me uh, meet my roommate uh, that I had for my two years of graduate school at Yale. And uh, the same person uh, who is also one of my best friends uh, and who I am also in her upcoming nuptials. <laughs> Very exciting. Yes, I'm, I am in her wedding this summer. So totally serendipitous. I, I really believe that um, life just works out the way it should be. And so MPHs are two years. Two years. Um, some, some can be... Uh, shorter. I, I do believe that there are some programs that, well, Yale in particular has an executive uh, program uh, where in order to apply for that, you have to be uh, a considerable way out of your undergraduate studies, um, or you have to have some other advanced degree, um, like a JD or an MD, something like that. Um, but there are some programs, I believe, that are slightly accelerated on a different basis. I think you might be able to do it in like a year and a half. Um, but no, my program was two years, and I'm really glad it was. Okay, cool. And so as you were going through, what like did, did you enjoy your MPH program? What made you decide to then also get a JD? I loved my MPH program. I really did. Um, hence the reason why <laughs> I volunteer for Yale whenever I can. Um, I had an awesome time. Again, I met really cool people, people that I'm still, it's, it's all about the people, people that I'm still um, in contact with today, uh, students, faculty, administrators. I love the administration. Um, uh, so if any of them hear this, hi guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, just. An awesome, awesome experience. I loved my classes. I got amazing uh, research experience. My focus, I will say, that when I left the Hill, I was really, really laser focused on women's health. Um, still something that I care immensely about, um, but I was laser focused. That's what I wrote my personal statement on. Um, and I was totally upset, really, at the way that women's health was treated. Uh, in politics. And, and that's, that's really why I said, you know what, I'm going to public health school, I'm going to change this. And so when I was at Yale, I definitely did research on maternal health, um, specifically maternal mortality. I also did research on reproductive health. Uh, my thesis was on contraception. Uh, so, you know, I definitely explored that and, and Yale allowed me to do that. I also uh, was the reproductive health director of Haven, the Haven Free Clinic. And so loved doing that. So I, I even got some clinical experience. Um, I worked for the World Health Organization in Geneva uh, while I was there. Um, and I also worked for Planned Parenthood. So it was just the perfect place to be um, at a perfect time for me. Nice. And so at what point did you decide in that journey that you were also going to get a JD? Yes. Yes. You asked that and I did not answer. Excuse okay. me. <laughs> so I decided, I was thinking about it the entire time. I know that in my uh, personal statement, I talked about that. I talked about how I wanted to go to law school. So that, that was not um, a total surprise at, at that point in my life. Uh, however, I think I, I made the, uh, solid decision to apply in my second year. 
of uh, my MPH program. And I was definitely uh, working on my thesis and also working on law school applications, um, also doing a bunch of other things, but I, which I would not <laughs> recommend. It was a lot uh, to get all of that done. And um, actually decided, uh, you know, got, got into Georgetown. My dad, I will say, is a Georgetown uh, alum. Uh, he graduated from the Georgetown University Law Center 40 years before I will. I'm graduating in May. Uh, and so that's definitely where I wanted to go. I got in. I was excited. Um, I told uh, my mom, my parents knew that I was applying, however, at, at some point, <laughs> didn't tell them at the beginning, but I told, uh, you know, some other, the first time I told anybody else really was at my graduation party. <laughs> So on graduation day, uh, that's when I said, okay, guys, you know, I, I'm also going to law school as well. So, and, and yes, anyway, <laughs> that's, that's when I made the, uh, the reveal. So I think it's a pattern for me. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and so you ended up deciding to do the evening program, correct? I did. I did. I did. Um, so, you know, shout out to anyone who has ever been an evening law student. I'm an evening student at all. It is incredibly intense. Um, and I, I won't mince words about that. Uh, but I, I did this because I felt that I, you know, had been in the uh, working world. I'd worked for a bit. I'd taken some time already to go to public health school. I did that full time. And while I was working, you know, in different projects and for different entities while I was there, um, you know, I, I was not a full-time employee. And so I thought uh, that it would be a good idea for me to kind of do this hybrid where I was working um, and I was also going to school so I could keep one foot uh, in the professional world, in the working world, and also another foot in academia. <laughs> um, so tough, but it was definitely a pivotal decision <laughs> for me. I, I've, I have honestly met some of the smartest people uh, in my evening program in law school. Just some really tough and uh, cool folks. So. And so what have you done in conjunction with the evening program? Okay. <laughs> what have I not done? So when I first started, um, I actually, and, and this, this might be um, interesting, it's a little known fact. Um, my first inclination was actually to go back to the Hill. Um, and I ended up getting a really, really cool job. Um, and it would have had me focusing on, uh, women's health issues. Uh, but I thought that it would just be incredibly difficult to manage that and, uh, do that job in the fashion that I would like to do it. I, I remembered, uh, my time on the Hill previously. I remembered how much I worked and how much energy I put uh, into my job. <laughs> and so I, you know, just didn't think that I would be able to do both um, at the level of excellence that I, I wanted to be able to, to do both um, school and work if I took that job. So I didn't take it. Um, <laughs> and I instead uh, went and worked as a policy, health policy consultant. Uh, for an organization called Avalier Health, um, and there worked on a lot of different issues. Um, that was my first year of law school um, issues, including 
uh, state policy, state health policy, um, telehealth, uh, Medicaid, you know, you name it. I was doing it (laughs) and uh, did that for a year. While I was in my program, however, I realized that it was incredibly difficult uh, to be doing a job like that where I I really had to focus on um, health uh, policy and, uh, you know, a a totally different uh, subject um, than what I was doing in school. Um, It was incredibly difficult. And while I was able to do some things that were related to the law, um, the overlaps were were actually, you know, few and far between. Um, And so I thought, you know what, I want to do something that is a bit more in line um, with what I am studying at night. Um, And at that point, I decided that it would be a really good idea. And it was uh, to go and work for some judges. Um, so I worked for, I interned um, and externed, uh, well, actually first worked at a, for, as a law clerk for an administrative law judge in D.C. And then I worked as an intern and an extern uh, for a judge um, on the uh, D.C. Court of Appeals, uh, the chief judge, uh, which was an awesome experience. And so uh, those uh, experiences, I cannot discount. Those were those were wonderful things, and those really allowed me um, to focus more on my studies, um, and just allowed me to focus more on the law. Um, I had had a lot of opportunity to, you know, dive into public health while I was in public health school, and I wanted to do the same, um, you know, in my legal studies. My third year, <laughs> still going. My third year, I did a lot of research. Um, you know, this was around this time uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, um, you know, had been occurring and. Uh, so I got a couple of research jobs. Uh, one was with the Center for Global Health Science and Security at Georgetown, and the other uh, was with the Georgetown O'Neill Institute for National Global Health Law. And so I worked for them and uh, did a lot of work on COVID-19 uh, policy, but then also uh, HIV and AIDS. And so that was my, <laughs> that was my uh, third year, and now I'm in my fourth year. Um, the evening program is a four-year program. I would sort of hope so. I feel like otherwise, like you, I was going to be like, do you sleep ever? <laughs> uh, we, we, we do not sleep as much as other people. <laughs> you did, you did email me last night at like 2.15 in the morning. <laughs> and I saw that and I was like, oh no. Well, you know, <laughs> I try to respond as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, that's so funny. But yes, I, I, I did, I did email you pretty, pretty early this morning. Um, in my third year, I worked uh, in the health, fourth year, excuse me, I worked in the health law clinic at Georgetown. Um, and that was an amazing experience. That was in my first semester. Um, totally awesome experience. Um, I was able to actually have my own client. I had, I had a clinic partner and we had our own client and uh, we were working on uh, special education issues. And and really going to bat for, um, you know, students and one student in particular who, you know, really deserved um, better resources than he was currently getting. So that was amazing. Um, and this semester, this is my last semester um, of my fourth year, I was actually <laughs> supposed to go and uh, work for HHS. Um, but I decided to step back from that, um, just to really focus, um, on my studies and, and make sure that I am, you know, really, 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 
um, studies really, and also, you know, personal life as well, and, and really moving into my legal career on sound ground. Um, I'm so excited to be an attorney and so close. <laughs> well, congratulations on how far you've made it thus far. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So looking back over, you know, your career thus far, you know, what are some of the lessons that you've learned? You've talked a little bit about, you know, some of the serendipity that you've created for yourself. Um, what, what are the sort of like big takeaways, do you think? So the biggest takeaways, and I actually, I think I left down a job. <laughs> um, I also worked for a firm. I did work for a firm, um, uh, Shepard Mullen, which was awesome. I worked for uh, them on um, healthcare uh, issues. So, you know, right up my alley. And um, to be honest, I left out so many jobs. <laughs> I'll, okay. So really quickly. So I um, <laughs> also in law school, yes, worked for the firm. Um, I worked, um, I was a part of the Georgetown street law program, which was so cool. I got to teach um, basic criminal law at the DC jail. So that was really awesome. Um, I also uh, ran to be a District of Columbia delegate wow. <laughs> to the uh, Democratic National <laughs> Convention and won. So I, I did that. Um, I was also a part of um, a fellowship uh, to kind of uh, support women in politics. And that was with Emily's List. So I did that. Um, and now I am in three fellowships <laughs> Um, there's a, a DC bar fellowship that's, you know, really just working to, uh, cultivate, um, you know, leadership or, you know, I guess the, the next, next, uh, <laughs> generation of, uh, leaders, um, you know, in the legal profession. So, so happy to be a part of that. And in a similar vein, I'm in the, uh, corporate council, women of corporate, excuse me, council women of color fellowship. Um, which is also looking to inspire um, the next generation of uh, legal leadership. Um, and I have awesome mentors in that. And I am a part of the New Leaders Council uh, Fellowship, and they have chapters all across the United States. And that is really to promote uh, progressive leadership. I am a progressive. <laughs> um, so, so that's what that's about. I'm so sorry about leaving all those jobs out, but I've been busy. <laughs> Which is probably why I've emailed you at like 2 a.m. <laughs> well, um, I, yes. I'm surprised that you can remember all of that. So, <laughs> like at all. Um, but so, okay, so across all of those things. Yes. What do you think are some of the like biggest lessons that you've learned? Sure. So I think the biggest lesson um, and I may include some others, but I think the biggest lesson is that everything will work out. Um, you know, I previously talked about, um, you know, anxiety and people being anxious and fearful for the future um, and just not knowing what their next step is going to be and really worrying about that. Um, I have definitely worried about that uh, throughout my career. I, you know, continue to be concerned. However, I have seen time and time again that things will work themselves out. Um, you know, one opportunity, um, as I said, work hard and be nice. Um, and one opportunity will lead to the next. You know, doors will always open. You'll always meet awesome people, um, you know, who are willing to help, um, who want to see you win. Um, and 
every experience you have um, will just be a stepping ground um, or yeah, a step, yeah, a stepping ground, I guess, to your next. Um, It'll just allow you um, and probably propel you um, to whatever you're going to be doing in the future. So don't worry. Um, I also, um, you know, in that I did mention uh, work hard and be nice. <laughs> I think that that's so important. It's so important. Um, you know, people really remember, I, I always remember this quote. It's about people don't remember, um, you know, what you said or what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Right. And, um, so it's about, uh, making people feel, you know, whether you are, um, leading or whether you're following, um, making people feel appreciated, um, making people feel seen, um, you know, and always, uh, and just, and that's a part of being nice, um, but always showing up as your best self, um, you know, always putting your best foot forward, um, your work, uh, may not always be perfect and that's okay. That is okay. Right. I think, uh, you know, when we are in school, starting from a young age, we're kind of taught to um, really seek perfection. Um, but people are not perfect. We're imperfect beings. Um, and so our work may not always be perfect. However, it can always be excellent. It can always be the best that we can do at that point in time. And it's really important um, to always do the best that you can do um, in every opportunity in every situation um, because people remember that people yeah. remember that you were they may not remember all the projects you did they may not remember all the initiatives you worked on but they'll remember hmm, you know Kristen was really nice and Kristen worked really hard oh they remember Sarah was really nice and Sarah worked really hard and that's that may be all they need to remember um in order to you know say your name in of course the room where it will happen right um, say your name, um, you know, when there is an awesome opportunity up for grabs, right. Um, or to recommend you, um, to write a letter of recommendation, you will always need letters of recommendation. <laughs> um, you know, though you will always need them. Um, and just knowing, uh, that you were someone who they could trust, um, maybe in a moment when they needed you, um, so that you, they can recommend you as someone that someone else can trust. Um, in a moment where they may need you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And is there any advice that anyone has given you that you found particularly helpful? Man, oh man. Um, I really feel like everything that I just said is something that someone else has already said to me in some way, you know, in, in some fashion. Um, you know, things are going to be okay. Um, People have said that to me time and time again. And while I may not have believed it the first 50 times, <laughs> I totally believe it today just because I've seen that that is the truth, right? Experience is the best teacher. Um, I think also with, you know, being nice and working hard, I think people have always told me um, to do that, you know, and I definitely believe them, but I think. There's even, um, I, I believe them even more now, right? Because I've seen, um, I've seen how it works. <laughs> I've seen how, how the world works. And I, I've seen how people relate to one another 
Um, you know, and I've just seen how, um, opportunities flow. So definitely everything probably that I've said in this entire podcast has probably come from somebody else at some particular time, right? Because I, I did not just show up with like all the knowledge in the world. Um, I've had a million teachers (laughs) and they've helped me a lot. But that's sort of like part of why I'm trying to speak with people who are three to 10 years out of college, because you know, we all have mentors who have told us things like work hard and be nice. And it's one thing when you hear that from someone who's 40 years into their career, you're like, yeah, that's, that's really cute. Like, that's nice. But I do think that like hearing it from someone who's a little bit younger, who's experienced, you know, their first and second job more recently helps people realize that it's actually true. <laughs> it's it's not just something that like your parents are saying to you or your professor is saying to you or like, you know, your 60-year-old mentor is saying to you like people who are in their 20s and 30s are experiencing this firsthand and it is actually true. It is so true. It is so true. And I, you know, you are 100% correct. And I think right now I'm at a point where I I'm constantly seeking advice, but I'm also giving advice from time to time. And so being that I'm in the middle, I really see it from both sides, right? Um, you know, I, I really see um, how, uh, you know, how you should try to reach out to people, um, you know, how you should interact with people, how you should try to always thank people and show your gratitude. Um, I see that because I've seen it work for me, Um, but I also see it because I see how it works for other people, right? When they, when they come by and say, you know, do you have anything, (laughs) you have anything to share with me? Um, And I try to give my two cents, right? So it is definitely the truth. And um, in particular, you know, I think it is really important. I'm so glad that you're doing this podcast because it is incredibly important for uh, young people to know. Um, you know, people who are um, under 18, people who are, you know, in their 20s, um, to know that everything is going to be okay. Um, And that it's not just, um, you know, you don't have people who are now uh, generations ahead of you, um, you know, who are saying that, but you have people who are still in the thick of it that are saying that, right? Like, I am still applying to jobs. (laughs) I am still seeking out opportunities. Um, I will still probably later today message someone saying, hi, would you please speak to me? (laughs) You know, I I saw this video um, of this awesome woman and I'm literally going to send her a message and say, hi, I think you're so cool. You know, would you please talk to me for a moment? Right. Um, And that's okay. That's totally okay. I do not have it figured out. I've been able to do some cool things like I'm so fortunate to have been able to do them, but I do not have it figured out. And I really think that, you know, if a lot of people, um, you know, will just be uh, more forthcoming (laughs) with that assertion, um, everyone would just be so much better off um, because I, I do talk to people who are so far advanced in their careers who are, you know, um, 60 um, or older who are, you know, at the top of their game, um, who have done like the coolest things ever, the things that, that we aspire to do. Right. Um, and they are also thinking about 
okay, what is my next step? Even Oprah, <laughs> she literally had, had a show that was like, it was like next, um, I don't think it was next step or it was something, something similar, right? Um, and she's interviewing people who are icons, right? And, and they too are thinking about, hmm, what should I be doing next? And that's, that's totally okay because everything is going to work out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to cover? Um, no, your, your questions were phenomenal. Um, your questions were phenomenal. You know, I I just, I, I think that I've, I've said it, um, several times now, but I really just want to provide hope to people. Um, not, not even inspiration, just hope. Right. Um, I think a lot of people are pretty despondent right now. Um, you know, things are, things are tough. Um, you know, no matter what your background is, um, things are just really tough and people are losing hope, um, that there's a brighter tomorrow, right? Brighter tomorrow for the world, but then also for themselves and for their families. Right. But everything is going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. Um, and some way or another, everyone will be fine. <laughs> everyone will be fine yeah I do think I do think that you know a lot of people do need to hear that and like especially young people who are you know looking at what's going on in the world right now and thinking like this was not what I thought it was going to be that this is they're thinking this is not what I signed up for <laughs> and there's even more pressure you know um with social media right social media um you know the internet internet at large and, and just the way that uh, there's constant media coverage, right? Um, yeah. Because it means that we are always comparing ourselves to someone else. It means that we're always just, you know, thinking that um, the grass is greener on the other side. Um, and that's not always the case. And, and what we're seeing um, on social media and other forms of media um, is not always the 100% truth, right? It's not always the full picture. It's usually not. Um, we're usually, I, I've heard someone say, um, you know, we, we, we're comparing our up and ups and downs with someone else's highlight reel. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that can really, really do something to the self-esteem of individuals. It really can. Um, but if we just know, um, that behind all of that, I guess, kind of <laughs> like, like the Wizard of Oz is behind, behind that behind the curtain, uh, behind all of that, everyone is just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That is okay. So if, if someone's listening to this <laughs> and that's all that they get from this, I will be so happy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I really appreciate it. And I think that our listeners will too. like what you're hearing take a moment to follow rate and review this podcast if you want to be super extra supportive share it with a friend i also want to hear from you if you have a suggestion for a specific guest or if there's a type of job role or company you'd like me to explore let me know just send your suggestions to what do people do all day 2022 at gmail.com see you next week